Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, Cam Stewart alongside, back from some time off, some well, a well-earned break, I might add. Wow, it was time. <laughs> and uh, Aaron Sexton. And now joining us, Pete Souza. And he's become a very recognizable presence <laughs> Big 12 football, basketball, and uh, the the folks of Provo have fallen in love with Pete, mainly because he just <laughs> refuses to to leave town. Now, Pete, do you um, are you familiar with Cam Stewart's work? What do you what do you think about I our decision it. to bring Cam Stewart into the fold? Are you are you good with that? Look, Cam is from the Northeast, so right away he's good. He's good in my book, right? Uh, so I let, I let everybody else. Cam, you're from Massachusetts, right? That's correct. Yeah. Big plus. Beat so, Souza. Right there, he and I hit it off. But it does worry me a little bit that you'll let anybody in that place. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm a Cam guy. I'm on board with Cam. I'm All a big right. fan We're, of Pete. I'm just myself. trying to keep him focused. He's got a lot of <laughs> other – he's got a lot of outside opportunities. And this needs to become <laughs> his focus, Pete. Look, and, Matt- and, and Pete – Pete will tell you his number one focus is the Mosley show. He has become, he's kind of our big 12 insider and I need cam to have that same. I need cam. I need you to have that same kind of mindset. And I'm gonna attitude, try. Okay. I'm going to try. Right. The, and best what, and ability, what, the best ability cam is availability. That's true. Remember that. Yes. And what Pete and I don't get enough credit for, he mentioned it in there. We're both from the Northeast. We're both on the air a lot where you are not allowed to swear. And I don't think we get yeah. enough credit for that. No FCC violations yet. For for guys no, exactly. like me and Pete from around the way, that's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> I'm I'm right with you. Uh, the yeah. biting of the tongue happens every so often. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, there was there was some uh, moments in that game yesterday that I'm sure produced some uh, foul language in some parts of the country. Pete, what did? Um, before we get into some Big 12 basketball and why you have decided to make Provo your uh, second home, what is uh, what did you think of our man Usher? We hadn't had an opportunity. I mean, that's kind of – I like to, Pete, think of you and I in the same kind of age range. Cam's a little bit younger. Usher is kind of a throwback, makes everybody think back. I mean, he's – I think Usher's about 45 years old, but, I mean – Golly, I hadn't seen him in for a long time, and the guy, it's like he was just ageless. To me, he okay, he did okay. a great job I'm, out there. I'm never going to lie to you. I, I was actually in transit during the halftime show. I watched the first half of the Buffalo Wild Wings, and so I drove back to the hotel during halftime, and I missed the show. Now, as far as Usher is concerned, I think Usher, and, and this is what I've heard from a lot of people today talking about it, I think we almost forgot how successful he was as an artist because all those songs were sort of like household tunes. And it is a nice reminder that this guy was a, a mega a megastar. And, uh, yeah, but I, but I didn't see it, so I can't comment on that. Now, I can comment on uh, the Taylor Swift activity, which she is really on a heater. I mean, like, she almost willed this team to, uh, to the Super Bowl. It's amazing. Bandwagon was, fan, uh, though. Bandwagon fan. 
I am a bandwagon fan. No, yeah, she no, no she I, is, Pete. She is. She just oh, happens she is, to become yeah. a fan when they're the Super Bowl champs, and all they do is win it again. Coincidence? Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I, I didn't have any issue with her, like, being, you know, on the screen as much as she was. Uh, you know, if, if here's here's something, and, and my fans, Cowboy fans can appreciate this. If Jessica Simpson and Tony, Tony Romo had stayed together, and if Tony Romo had ever gotten the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, it would have been the same exact stuff. So I think it's, it's an opportunity for us to enjoy this power couple. And I don't think CBS overdid it either. I thought they did a nice job. Well, that was around 2007 Six, seven, yeah. when, when Tony and yeah. Jessica were dating for a while. And remember I was in the middle went, of all remember, that. Remember I was Mo covering. Did. Yeah, I, no, I, I was around. Cancun on a bye week? I didn't go. I didn't go with them, but yeah, that was a 2007 playoff. Spicy yeah. invitation. He yeah. he, yeah. he dated Carrie Underwood too at some point, and boy, that was Parcells was hot about that. Not about Carrie, but she before one of those games in 2006, she was down on the field hanging out with him. It was like the final regular season game. They lost 38-31 to Detroit, and Carrie Underwood's down there running around the field before the game. <laughs> And and Parcells was just had enough. And then in 2007, that Jessica Simpson thing was completely orchestrated by her dad, who was from the Metroplex, and was oh, a huge Cowboys Joe fan, Simpson. Joe Simpson, who's yeah. his own story, which I don't want to get into. He was a former youth director who who yeah. was a little bit too involved, as a lot of parents do. They get way too involved in the careers. But um, yeah, Joe orchestrated that that get together. And then uh, he would, he, yeah, he would eventually end up with Candace, who he's married to now. Um, Pete, as a broadcaster, do you do you think Tony is getting like too much backlash and flack? Like, is it one of those things where he probably got a little too much praise early on, and now he's getting too much criticism? Or are you? Do you think the criticism right now of Tony? is warranted with some of his, you know, over the top and, and constantly saying Jim's name and oh Jim and all that. Like where where are you on the Romo experience right now? I, I love I love listening to Romo. I, I like I like him on the call. You know, it's one of those things too. I, I I'm I, when someone is in my living room or constantly doing a big game, I think I over time I I, I don't remember ever not being able to stand someone that was on that number one crew at a network. It hadn't happened to me yet. The thing about Romo, I think he's awesome. And I thought last night he really brought it in a sense where he kind of dusted that back off, telling us what play was going to happen and why guys were doing what they were doing. I thought it was, it was good. He seemed super prepared. I'm sure he was. I was a little, and this just happens in life and in broadcasting, I was a little bummed that he sort of stepped on uh, Nance's yeah. call of, of the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. He, he sort of took the air out of it. And I, th I think in that situation, you're Tony Romo. You need to kind of be understanding of, like Fran Priscilla told me this early in the year. He said, hey, at the end of the game, I'm, I know who's, whose time it is, right? I mean, that's the play-by-play -play guy's time because these are deciding factors. I mean, when there's opportunities to poke in the color guy, of course, by all means, that's why you're there. But I thought that Tony took it too close to the snap there. I mean, if we're going to get, like, inside baseball. And I thought I, as a fan, was a little pumped because I thought, you know, he was almost kidding around 
with Nance about something. And then we had a game-winning, a Super Bowl game-winning touchdown. So I thought that was yeah. kind of, uh, I thought that was yeah. interesting. I tell you, I wish Fran Priscilla would defer to me like that. He's never said anything to me like that. Hey, you're the man. You're the man. He barely lets me talk. Um, go, uh, go ahead, um, Cam. I'm sure you have something for Pete Souza of ESPN. Yeah, Pete, this is a pretty decent basketball conference, isn't it? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but you, you've been around. You've been around BYU a bit, and that's somewhere. That's someone that Baylor needs to look at. Uh, next week, I think it's next Tuesday, not Monday. Um, how? What's impressed you about that team specifically, BYU? Because they've been kind of in and out of the rankings, but have played really well at home. There's been critiques of their offense with too much three-point shooting. But it seems like a more complete team than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Baylor comes to play them here. Yes. Which is, now that's two totally different experiences. Playing BYU on the road and then playing them at home uh, at the Marriott Center. It's 20,000 people going crazy. You know, Caleb Lohner knows all about it. Mm-hmm. And I even I did hear Fran joke with him earlier in the year, like, are you going to get these guys ready to go out there? Because it's going to be a different experience. They are extremely physical, like under the radar kind of physical, right? They're just, these are grown men. Sure. Spencer Johnson, one of their best players, is 26 years old. And, you know, if he has opportunities to match up against somebody like Jacoby Walter, there are certain things he can do to get in a player like. BYU has, and they are, they're great shooters. They have great continuity as far as they know, you know, the left hand always knows what the right hand's doing. So as far as defensively, I was surprised. I had them uh, Saturday night and I was surprised how, they were able to keep up with Kansas State and just stay in front of them like they could, uh, helping on defense. Uh, and Mark Pope, I think, is one of the guys who's coming up as a coach who we'll be talking about him a lot more over the next few years. Uh, I'll be interested to see what BYU can do like as far as postseason is concerned, but that's the last place I would want to take my team uh, to go play. Um, and, you know, it's, cool. it's a really cool environment to see a game, but uh, if I was was Baylor I wouldn't be looking forward to that trip the Marriott Center um it does look kind of loud all these places look a little intimidating Cincinnati it's the cleanest cleanest arena I've ever been in in my life and and I and that's saying something I've been in a lot of you know I did PR for many years in 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 basketball in the NBA and with USA basketball I've been to a lot of arenas it is the cleanest arena I've ever I've ever set foot in well, I mean, I don't even. What, you mean just they just pick up? They're good at picking up after themselves. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. So it's fifty years old, right? It's more than fifty years old, and and yeah. it's like still has like a new car smell almost. Mm. Yeah. They they are like constantly vacuuming and picking up after themselves. Yeah, it's uh, kind of amazing. What about that kid that was? Uh, I, I, that was kind of neat. I happened to hear about that cougar tail. It kind of went viral a little bit. The kid at the BYU game. Now Cougar Tell is like some form of pastry or something like that. Uh, that they call it that at BYU sells at their football and basketball games, right? Is that what is a Cougar Tell? A Cougar Tell. It's I, I had one on Saturday. They they uh, they gave me one. Tyson, their their uh, PR guy. 
it's basically exactly what you described. It's a long, it's almost like a foot long hoagie, but the bread is awesome. And, and inside the, the foot long, which there's no opening, you know what I mean? So, but it's like, oh, it's almost, it feels like it's a foot and it's a p- amazing pastry inside. I had a, like a quarter of it and I thought I was going to go into like diabetic shock. So I gave it to the guy who was next to me. I'm um, doing stats, and he, he seemed happy to have it. Oh, I'm sure he loved your half-eaten cougar tail. Here you go, stat guy. Here you go. I'm going to give you my scraps. Oh, man. Cam, do you have another one, sir? Well, I was actually going to ask more of a Baylor-centric question for Pete, who did sure. some, uh, uh, some of the first few games at the Foster Pavilion, which I think has had great atmospheres every time I've been there. Now, I was yearning for that. So it could have been wishful thinking on my part to be like, oh, this is one of the best atmospheres in the country now. Uh, Pete, I wonder if you feel that. You've been all around the Big 12. Does the environment that Baylor can put out in the Farrell Center, or excuse me, the Foster Pavilion, night in, night out, not only beat out the Farrell Center, but finally give them that home court advantage that it seems the rest of the teams in this conference have? Yeah, I would say absolutely, and I was lucky enough to be there. I think you were too, Cam, when – and and so was Mosley when they beat Iowa State. And that was one of the deals. Like, So you had a three-overtime game against TCU, but you lost. And as loud as it got, maybe it didn't get loud enough. That Iowa State game, because there was, like, actual unrest that we were all or, – or, or should I say the fans were dealing with, with the Scott Drew situation, there was obviously, like, real angst towards the officials – with Coach Drew getting thrown out after two technicals where it was kind of hard to believe that that had happened. And then the bench gets a technical foul. I mean, the crowd was rowdy. And they I feel like they broke through in that game. Uh, it kind of felt like – and this isn't Baylor, really, but it felt like a blue-collar crowd for a little while. And I thought that was so awesome. And it kind of knocked off because I'll tell you, the, the broadcaster I was working the game with uh, Mike McDonald and uh, and also um, T.J. Otzelberger said, you know, before the game, uh, Iowa State's coach was like, this has a real new car feeling to it, like a new car smell. Um, and, you know, if, I, I think before people would say it didn't have like any teeth to it, right, Foster Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just in a, in a real short body of work. But it has teeth now. And I feel like it is, it's a long answer, but I think it is one of the more difficult places uh, people will have to play because Baylor's, I mean, look, they're always good. Right. That's so the other thing. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, like West Virginia this year, I have Baylor West Virginia coming up Saturday. Now that arena is huge and, and they love West Virginia basketball, but I'll be interested to see if it's like sold out. Like it usually is, or was when, when Huggins was there uh, and the team was always competitive. I know they're going to be competitive Saturday, I but know. you catch my grip. There's the bottom of the conference. I think Huggins is like a shadow coach now. He's still at every game. I think he's secretly yeah. meeting with the team. I think he's, yeah. trying, he's yeah. trying to coach him up a little bit. I'm going to talk to that McDonald guy so you don't have to about, like, when there's four seconds left and a guy's headed toward the bucket and the game's on the line that we don't need, like, an update in the middle of that. So, anyway, <laughs> did, I'll handle that. That, that, that uh, game, he did such a good job. That game was so crazy. I know, um, I know. That, that I think we were, it was, it was just, it was shocking. That was like, he and I were like a couple of kids. I kept looking at the clock. Literally, yeah. I didn't want the game to end. It was like one of those things where I was like, man, I can't believe this is going to be over. That was one of the best experiences I've ever had at a basketball I, game, period. 
after that triple OT, I did want it to end. I wanted it. I want, I was very glad to see that. And of course, then the kid hits the three. You know, hits it off the glass. Everybody hits it off the glass in this new pavilion. And Scott has talked about maybe trying to change some of that. By the way, twenty-one turnovers the other night at uh, Kansas. Some of that is maybe the crowd or even the Kansas defensive intensity. Some of that was just some weirdness. You know, just like, just I mean, just not taking care of the ball. And, and just being extremely careless, and yet they had a chance. So, I don't know. I Pete, I kind of came away from that, like, not feeling horrible, um, as I normally would about a loss, because they didn't play well, and they still had a shot to send that game to OT. Now, that said, I'm worried that could be a fatal flaw, because well, you, as you, much you, as I, I love Ray J, right. he, he's turning the ball yeah. over too much. Let's just be honest. He's not... He does not always value the basketball, and that's not a that's a that's a concern with your starting point guard. I mean, I asked Coach Drew this, and I'm sure other people have too. But I asked him this before the Iowa State game. You know, do you feel like there's maybe an overusage of of him to where you might see some wear and tear? And he felt like no, no, no way, no how. And you know, I don't think that's what we're seeing from him now. But I think we are seeing. Um, that they have a lack of depth at the point guard position. And like you said, if you want to go deep in this thing, you need to pick up a little more, a little more depth. I'm surprised we haven't seen more Miro little, but we really just haven't. Uh, and, and, you know, there's other guys on the floor who can certainly handle the ball, but can they take over that like maestro, you know, position where they're just like, they're running the offense. And you know, we may see Miro little go out of his mind in the last portion of this uh, conference schedule he is I mean the guy's a good ball player um, so and there are certain moments where guys can just emerge and maybe his time will be coming just as a reserve to handle the ball but that does seem like some place on their roster that they're lacking a little bit like I, I, I've seen with my own eyes this year well I tell you it's uh, always great to catch up with you is there anything the, uh, the Provo, I know you're not maybe into the nightlife uh, like you were in the past, but does Provo, <laughs> do you uh, do you get out there and maybe look for a hike? Or how far so away are you I, from I, actual I, skiing? I, I yeah. got out for a hike today. This Today was the first day in like nine months. And I know people have it much harder. And there's people with like four or five kids they're chasing around. But it was the first day I'd woken up in a long time and been like, wow, like I have things to do, but I don't really have anywhere to be per se like it was great so I, I did go for a hike uh like earlier today and it was it's, it's so beautiful out here i'm here for the game i have another game tomorrow night so they just espn just had to stay out here yeah uh, from from friday till uh till wednesday morning which is fine i mean it's uh it's, it's beautiful area yeah hopefully you get like triple marriott points since that's a big deal out there <laughs> yeah marriott center that's too over. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, um, Cam, say goodbye to Pete. We he, uh, I think that was his way of telling us this was his first off day in a long time, and of course we've <laughs> taken up now twenty two minutes as, of his day. As someone so, who enjoys rest after long hard work days, I'm going to give Pete that rest. Pete, big fan. Thanks for coming. You guys are awesome. I'll talk to you soon. All our best, Pete Souza.